You know, I think there are so many people in our lives, so many of us have never drawn the line emotionally. I know physically I can't carry that many people on my back. Why would I think emotionally I can carry so many more? Because I'm strong. Many of us have never drawn that emotional line of limitations. And you think you can keep on handling more and more and more stress, more and more and more problems, and you don't need any downtime. You don't need any margin. And you're wrong. Hey, this is Matt Hook, the shepherd of The Shepherd and the Shrink. And I wanted to thank you for listening. And I would love if you want to continue to be able to hear good content like this to go on patreon.com, The Shepherd and the Shrink. And that's us. We would love your support, whether it's $5 a month or $20 a month. It's really valuable and can help us out. Thanks. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit. Because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology. Or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. I want to welcome everybody to this episode of The Shepherd and the Shrink. My name is Matt Hook, and I am so glad to be with you today. And I have to laugh because the topic that I want to talk about today is something that I don't always practice. And so this is a great reminder for me. You know, here's something if you are part of a worshiping community is when you listen to what the pastor or the preacher or whoever spiritual leader is talking if they are like me, they ought to be talking about stuff that they need to hear too. And today I want to talk about balance in our lives. And I want to talk about what it's like to live with margin. So many of us, I think, feel like we're living a marginal life or we're living a life with margins. Yeah, I was laughing as I was thinking about all the ways that people can communicate with me. And every single way takes a little bit of margin away from my life. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. But I wanted to start with a men's group study that we read this morning. And it was this, the seven days of creation. Genesis chapter two, verses two and three says this, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, there's a couple of things that hit me even in this morning. And one of the guys pointed this out. Okay, the seven days of all creation. And this part I knew on the seventh day, God rested from his work. God did not rest because he was tired. God rested because it was a, an active thing to do. And then it goes on to say, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. It doesn't say he didn't do anything. It says he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And, and that kind of hit me. You know, what do we do when we rest? How do we achieve a life? If you're like me, your life can get out of control pretty quick between relationships, between COVID, between expectations between the next five people I need to set up meetings with and the next 10 people I need to call, let alone the next 50 emails that I've got to respond to. You may be in the same boat and 
if you are, I would just encourage you to continue doing things like listening to a podcast or things that you enjoy or to find ways of what that looks like. But I want to examine the problem a little bit and then maybe talk about a solution and what we can do about it. I want something practical from this. And so my question is, are we really busier today than we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever? Are we really that overloaded? Is it just a figment of our imagination? Are we just wimpier now than we were back then? Is it just perception? Well, here's some statistics. People now sleep two and a half fewer hours each night than people did over 100 years ago. You are sleeping way less than your grandparents did. Think about what that means when you take that time. Here's something else. The average work week is longer now than it was in the 1960s. You are actually working longer hours than people worked in the 1960s. And in the 1960s, when you went home, people from work didn't call you unless it was some dire, dire, dire emergency. You couldn't bring the same work home. You could bring papers home. You know, maybe you would have to make a phone call on your landline to somebody else's landline. But the average work week itself is longer than it was in the 1960s. That blows me away. Here's another one. The average office worker has 36 hours of work piled up on his or her desk. That's incredible. But you know what? As I look at my desk, it's kind of true, let alone my desktop. It takes three hours a week just to sort through all of the work that's piled up in our inboxes and on our desks. Here's another one. We spend eight months of our lives opening junk mail. We spend two years of our lives playing phone tag with people who are busy. We spend five years of our lives waiting for people who are trying to do too much and are late for meetings. We're a piled on, stretched to the limit society. We are chronically rushed. We're chronically late like I was today. And maybe we're even experiencing this, chronically exhausted. Interesting, this is not new. Even when we think, oh, life was so simple 3,000 years ago. Yeah, you were trying to find food every day. One of the oldest books in the Bible is the book of Job. And Job chapter 3, verse 26 says this. Job says, I have no peace. I have no quiet. I have no rest. And trouble keeps coming. That's in the Bible. Here's my question. What's the solution? And I'm going to propose the answer. In one word, it's this margin. The solution is to put some margin into your life. Margin is breathing room. Margin is a little reserve that you're not using up, that you're not going to use up. Margin means you're not stretched to the limit. You're not going from one meeting to the next, to the next, to the next, with no space in between. Margin is the space between my load and my limit. And ideally, your load is not more than your limits. Think about when you write on a piece of paper, and especially those of us who had to write out essays and write out book reports, you always had room in the margin. You didn't write from one end of the paper all the way to the other. Margin is that space around the piece of paper that is left 
empty. The solution to our lives is to leave that kind of space, to build, to actively pursue margin. The problem is we live marginless and we think we can get away with it. Marginless living is not having time to finish the book you're reading on stress. <laughs> Margin is having the time to read it twice. Marginless living is fatigue. Margin in your life is energy. Marginless living is red ink. Margin is black ink. Marginless living is hurry. Having margin in your lives is calm. Marginless living is our culture. Living your life with margin is living counterculturally. It's having some space in your life and your schedule. Marginless living is reality, we say. And if that's reality, then having margin in your life is remedy. Marginless living is the disease of our decade, and margin is the cure. I want to help see the benefits of living a life of margin. And then I want to look at some practical steps on how to build margin into your life. There are so many benefits that we can talk about that come into our lives and begin to build some space between my load, how much I can carry, and my limits. And if I am constantly carrying my load, my limits are going to shrink. Think of it this way. You feel like your life is a juggling act. Where does that term come from? It comes from the circus. The fact is those jugglers who can juggle eight or nine balls or bowling pins or basketballs or chainsaws, whatever they juggle, they can juggle eight or nine for a couple minutes, but then they have to let it go. Now, people like that can juggle three balls in their sleep. The problem is we want to think that we can juggle so much all at once. What happens when I build in a little margin into my life? Well, when I build margins into my life, there's some obvious benefits, more peace of mind, better health, stronger relationships. You know, friendships start in the margins. Marty and I talk a lot about the epidemic of loneliness that occurred before COVID, especially 18 to 25-year-olds, but it, let's face it, it hits everybody in every age. But you know, friendships start in the margins. But when I don't have time for one another person, I can't build the relationship that I'd like to have. It takes time. Hey, you want to meet for coffee? Let's grab breakfast. Let's grab a, grab a workout. Let's go on a walk. Come over, we're going to do games. Friendships begin when we have space left over on our paper. Relationships take time, and margin provides the time to sit, to talk. Margin provides the time to listen. But here's what happens instead. I find myself finishing other people's sentences. When I build margins into my life, there's the obvious benefits. Oh, more peace of mind, better health but stronger relationships, the fact that any friendship that you are looking for in your life or that you might need is going to start in the margins. Here's another one. I think margin makes me more available for God to use. God speaks most clearly in the margins. 
When you're overloaded, when you've got too much to do, you can only think about yourself. It's almost a, a sick form of pride if you want to talk spiritually. When you get overloaded, you go into survival mode. And here's what happens. You end up just skimming through tasks. You end up skimming even worse through relationships. And if God does come and tap on your shoulder and say, Matt, I'd like you to do this. I can make a difference in your life through this. My first response is, sorry, I got him too busy. And that's even if you can slow down enough to hear him. I was talking to a friend of mine who is a professional counselor, not Marty. And she told me this, I recently experienced and worked on building margin into my life because I was so used up. There was very little room for God to use me. I certainly didn't give him more, much flexibility with which to work. She said, I began to be resentful whenever anybody needed something or wanted something from me. I often felt overwhelmed. And then she said this, over the past year, I began to be aware that I could not keep up the pace and did not have time to allow God to use me in other ways. I had no idea what that might be, but I have had this sense that God needs me to be available to him for something more. She says, I became increasingly frustrated that I couldn't give any more of myself or make myself any more available. At least I didn't know how. So I prayed and I asked him to show me what to do. And then she says this, about that time, my job requirements changed and I felt backed into a corner because the new schedule, the new requirements pushed me beyond my tolerance. I could not continue in that job. And I felt a sense that God was asking me to trust him and to take the risk to leave it. She says, I did. And in less than a month, I've been given what I need. That's powerful. To wrap up, she says this, I responded to God's blessings by following a direction I was given to get involved in the small group leadership training to bring my husband, Mike, into it with me. Mike agreed, despite this being outside his comfort zone. I've already been touched by somebody in that group who I did not know and who I found out has been touched by me in various ways over the past year. She reached out to me to tell me this in a recent email. She said, I'm in awe at the progression of all of this, even as I write it down for you. I'm excited to be a part of how God is using me. A little margin has already given God room to work in my life and has restored my sanity. So I want to talk a little bit more about the benefits and some of the steps that you and I can take to build this margin into our lives. Here's the first step. It's sort of like the 12-step program. Number one, accept my human limitations. You need to accept your human limitations. You got to recognize that as incredible and with the amount of potential that we have, we have limits. And then you've got to admit those limits in your life. Then you have to accept your own personal limitations. Psalm 119 verse 96 says this, I have learned that everything has limits. That's in the Bible. I've learned that everything has limits. And here's something powerful. God is the author of your limitations. God put your limitations there for your good. And he did it because he loves you. So rather than fighting our limits, we need to accept our limits. Now, obviously, there's physical limits. 
but we also have emotional limitations. Physically, you might be able to carry a person on your back for a while, but if I were to ask you to carry 10 people on your back, you wouldn't even try because you know you can't do it. But what about emotionally? How many people can you carry emotionally? How many problems of other people can you handle? Five? 15? 50? At what point do you have boundaries? You know, I think there are so many people in our lives, so many of us have never drawn the line emotionally. I know physically I can't carry that many people on my back. Why would I think emotionally I can carry so many more? Because I'm strong. Many of us have never drawn that emotional line of limitations. And you think you can keep on handling more and more and more stress, more and more and more problems, and you don't need any downtime. You don't need any margin. And you're wrong. We need to accept our limits. That's the first thing to regaining control of this in our lives. Here's the second one. I need to expect to have problems. The truth is, and this goes to M. Scott Peck's book, The Road Less Traveled, life is difficult. And it's a universal truth. Because once you realize life is difficult, then it's no longer difficult because the fact that it's difficult no longer matters. You no longer try to hide your problems or ignore your problems. This is why you need margin in the first place because you have problems in life. I have problems in life. Nothing goes as planned and plans are good. And the Bible says we ought to plan and plans help lead you in the right direction, but nothing ever goes exactly as it's planned. And so you and I need to expect to have problems. Jesus told us this. Jesus said that we should expect to have problems. John 16, 33 is the, is the quote. Jesus says, in the world, you will have trouble. He doesn't say, in the world, you might have trouble. He says, you're going to have trouble. Unless we build margin into our lives, our troubles will always wreck our plans. The Bible tells us that thinking ahead is the mark of wisdom. Proverbs 22, verse 3 says, the prudent person perceives difficulties ahead of time and takes precautions. The simpleton or the moron goes blindly on and suffers the consequence. So if you want to build margin into your life, number three, number one, acknowledge your limitations. Number two, expect to have problems and leave some time for them. And then number three, the way you do that is you put space in your schedule. Let me say that again in the first person. Put space in my schedule. And here's the deal. You must put it there. You can't hope for space in your schedule or pray for something to open up or pray for space in your schedule or expect somebody else to provide you space in your schedule. You're going to have to decide. And so many of us just don't want to make decisions, do we? But what if I decide I must put space in my schedule? You know what I've started doing? I'll print out on a crazy week every appointment. But I've now started circling open areas that I used to just not have appointments in. Now I will circle them and I will say, this is an appointment with myself. This is an appointment to get this done rather than relegating that to whatever free time I have. You must put space in your schedule and you're going to have to decide not only to put space in there, but call it buffer zones. If you want, you're going to need to build some buffer zones into your life. 
the fact of life is the faster you go in life, the more margin you're going to need. Most of us would have to say our life is pretty filled. Things are going pretty quickly in life. And the faster you go, the more margin you're going to need. If you're going 70 miles an hour down the freeway, you're going to want more than three inches between you and the car in front of you, don't you think? It's the same thing with our lives. We need to build that margin into our life. Scripture tells us very clearly, if I don't allow space into my schedule, if I just work all the time, that's so foolish. Ecclesiastes 10.15 says this, only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. (laughs) Only somebody too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. I didn't write it. I just read it. I love the Bible for this. It's really practical in so many ways. It cuts through everything. It's really honest about uh, the struggles that we have. Why do we find ourselves having to work all the time? There's a great story of a guy who comes home from work and his little kid and garden daughter asked him why he's working so hard and why he has to always bring work home. And this dad looked at his little girl and said this, I just don't get it finished at work, so I need to bring it home and get it done. And the daughter looks up at him and says this, Daddy, I think they should put you in the slower group. Remember when those were a thing? Why is it that we have to feel so important that we have to keep every moment of every day busy? Truth is, life is a journey, not a race. Why do we stress load everything? Why do we have to get there so quickly? The truth is, if I don't make time for my wellness, I'm going to be forced to make time for my illness. Let me say that again. If I don't make time for my wellness, I'm going to be forced to make time for my illness. So if I want margin in my life, as my life is now, here's the the fourth thing. I must prune my activities periodically. You know, Marty talks about the fact that I do like to garden and just dig in the dirt at my house. Why do gardeners prune trees? Why do gardeners prune plants? I'll tell you, it's for greater productivity. It's for the health of the plant. It's to cut off the dead stuff. It's for the plant's own good. And it's for future blossoms, future fruit in the next season. No pruning, no fruitfulness in the next season. I have a gardening friend named Patrice, and she pointed out to me one time, pruning brings more fruit and it brings more light. You can't just keep adding to your life without cutting back, without pruning your activities. And here's the secret. When you prune, you don't just cut off dead wood. You cut off living branches that are still productive and still fruitful. In your pruning, you're going to have to cut out some activities that are still producing things in your life that are still good, that are still bearing fruit. But you've got to cut them off because you're in this new season. And if you're struggling with margin, something has to give. It can be you without your choice, or it could be you choosing. John chapter 15 talks about this, and we're making sure that we have balance and health because I don't want to see you burn out. You are too valuable to me, to God, to God's work in the world. You've got to prune some things back. 
Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6.12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. God's given you a free will. You're permitted to do anything. I am permitted to do anything. You can go out. You can overload your schedule 10 times, and God is not going to stop you. You're permitted to totally make stupid decisions, and God's not going to stop you. But it doesn't mean that it's the beneficial thing to cram your life full. One of the things that we have to learn is to say no. Some of us are more yes people. Some of us tend toward people pleasing. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And so a lot of times we'll say no when we mean yes, and we'll say yes to something when we really mean no. And we're going to have to learn to say no more often than maybe we learn to say yes. There are far more things that you and I can't do than what we do have the time and the energy and the effort and what God would want us to do. It's easy to say no to things you don't like or things that are unpleasant. I can say no to a root canal this week or no, I don't want the IRS audit. But the real problem is saying no to things that I like, saying no to things that are fun, things that are good or beneficial or helpful. I can't even do all the good things in my life I want to do. Have you figured that out? You just can't. You can't do everything. So you have to determine the right thing. You know, for most of us living our lives, and when I preach a message, I, I do two things. I preach what I need to hear, like I said at the beginning. Number two, I'm assuming you're doing the best you can. I'm also assuming that when it comes to choosing in your life, which way you're going to go, you're choosing between something good and something good. Oftentimes, for us to maximize our lives, we have to choose between something good and something good, but we can't choose both, but we hate to choose. We'd like to go through life thinking reality never presents us with an absolute either or decision, but we can't do everything. So we got to determine the right thing. I think this, if you want an effective life, I can summarize it in one word, and it's this selection. Selection is key to an effective life. You know, oftentimes churches have grown because they've selected to do a few things really well, which means you have to say no to other things. There's an old line that you hear in leadership talks. You'll actually accomplish more in life by doing less. That sounds so backwards, but less is more. You'll accomplish more by doing less, by being totally committed to two or three things that really matter than being half committed to a dozen things or two dozen different things. Like I said, even the best jugglers in the world only juggle eight balls at a time for a minute or two, and the spotlight's off them and they go back to their three. If you don't periodically prune the activities in your life, God's going to do the pruning for you. And it'll happen through an illness. It'll happen through a crisis. It'll happen through a moral failure. It'll happen through something because you're living beyond God's best for you. God's limits are a gift. Proverbs chapter 20, verse three says this. Sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. We know that we've lived it. And here's something else to think about. And this is coming from me as the shepherd. It's this. God can do what you can't do. Jesus did not say, if you're busy, you can move mountains. He didn't say busyness is 
the way to move a mountain. He didn't say, if you work really hard and you really get stressed out, you can move a mountain. God did not say, if it's to be, it's up to me to move a mountain. Here's what God said. If you have faith, you can move mountains. Mm. Faith, not busyness, is what gets the job done. So we've reviewed some practical steps, learning to say no, accepting your limitations as a gift from God, creating that margin in your life. So my question to you is this, what's your margin? What's the problem in your life that needs moving? What are the things that need to be moved? And what's the margin that needs to be inserted in your life? Some of us need way more margin, time, and energy than we have allowed ourselves. We have written from one edge of the paper to the next in our lives. It is my prayer that we would shrink the margins on our Word documents and allow that open space. Because you know what? I believe that's where God meets us most. Not in the busyness, in the bulk, in the body of what it is we're working on, but in the margins, in the space that we have not filled yet. What's your mountain? What's the problem in your life that needs moving? What are the things that need to be moved and the margin that needs to be inserted in your life? As you think about that, and I'm going to pray in just a minute, I want to just say this. From the beginning, literally, we were created for margin. God gave himself the seventh day of rest following creation. If you think about it, scientists can explain why human beings came up with our calendar with a year with the seasons, with a month based on the moon, with a day based on the sun. But scientists have no clue where a seven-day week ever came from, unless you believe. We were created for marriage, and God gave himself the seventh day of rest following the creation. As you look at your life and your responsibilities, do you have time and energy left at the end of them? And if God did that, you and I made in his image can expect no less for our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we have lived without margin in our lives for so long, we can hardly remember what it's like not to feel fatigued or pressured all the time. Lord God, we think fatigue is the normal way we're supposed to live and feel, but it's not. And it's a lie that we have believed. God, I repent of that lie. I repent of thinking, oh, I'm a high energy person. I don't need that. I can take this on. Lord, I am so struck by your calling me to share this today and that the margins that I have blown past, the limitations I refuse to acknowledge are gifts from you. Lord, I don't want to stay the same. And that means making proactive decisions, it means choosing when I'm used to blowing off and not choosing. It means saying no when I'm used to saying yes, but really mean no. Forgive me for that, for lying to my friends when I say yes, when I really mean no. Lord, I pray that everybody who's a part of this podcast, that you would give them courage. You'd give us courage 
to take these steps so we can bring balance, so we can bring sanity back, we can bring peace, we can bring the Hebrew word shalom back into our lives so that we can meet the demands that you have shared with us, that you've enabled us to take on. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would guide our actions, guide our thoughts, guide our calendars and our relationships. Lord, I think this is the way to more love in my life. I know it is. And so I thank you, God, for a chance to explore this. Thank you for this podcast, God. Thanks for a chance to dive in. Thanks, God, so much for the people who um, support or who are considering supporting me. And ask God that you would just continue to bless this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you like what you're hearing, join us at Patreon. You can talk to us personally there, get cool merchandise and exclusive video content and more. Just go to patreon.com and search for the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can get involved for as little as $1 a month. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.